Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. What movie did we watch this week, Mikey? We watched Tao from 2018. We did. It's a love story between a girl and her robot. Well, not her robot, someone else's robot. Between her and someone else's robot. It's a love triangle. Triangle, I get it. (gasps) Oh! Yeah. Ooh, yeah. 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 So we have Julia. We don't know she's Julia till like halfway through the movie, though. Yes. Until then, she's just the abducted girl who's being held captive in the smart house, whose name is Tao. Tao, a big AI that has a triangle face. And who is has been programmed and is controlled by Thomas Alexander Upton, who goes by Alex... But if you notice, has the initials T-A-U. Clever. Because he is the quintessential rich, white, Reddit incel. Yeah. He does not... Well, he does leave his house, but he does not socially interact with other people. No. He despises other people. I know and the feeling. so narcissistic. Yeah. There were moments where I was like, oh, this is what would have happened if the character in you, like mm. the, you know, the TV show and the book, yeah. if if he were really technologically savvy, this is Very. where he would have gone. Huh. Yeah. So this guy kidnaps people who won't be missed from the streets, puts a thing in their neck to like record their emotions, I guess, or something like that. Like t- eat, eat their memories i don't know there was a thing happening yeah but it was i don't think it was taking anything from them it was just recording stuff yeah and he's using that to develop new ai that is emotionally driven which seems like tao had plenty of that on his own i don't know i mean for a computer program tao was terrible at following directions (laughs) yes there was a lot of Tao behavior where it was like that's not how a computer would do things where he's like you have 10 seconds to comply and then she'd be like what's that over there and he'd be like oh yeah (laughs) um it's totally distracted or the number of times Tao was like do what I'm telling you or I'll have to hurt you but then never followed through on it no like had been ordered to do parenting if this then that and knew it but just never did it he did say Tao was erratic Tao was like the permissive mom who was always saying, you wait until your dad gets home. Yes, until your giant triangular robot wakes up. Yeah. So that was the other sort of character because it was really part of Tao. But Ares, the discipliner, Mm -hmm. the, the transformer. Ares looks like some kind of weird industrial modern art in the foyer. Yeah, just like a, a pyramid upside down stuck into the ground. Yeah, like an obelisk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then 
when it's activated, transformers into a get you robot. Yeah, definitely a get you robot. Yeah. Classic get you robot. I mean, robot. that's all he did was try to get you. Yeah, and he had these crazy long extendo grabbers. You know, those kind you can get where you squeeze the handle and it grabs at the other Ooh, end. Or like the kind that, who's the Spider-Man enemy? Dr. Octopus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like that. But not as twisty, just more of the straight kind of thing that you would use to get your... What do, you, get you. What do you use those for? Just to get you? Yeah. They're yeah. just get you, get you tools. Yeah, they're uh-huh. get yous. And he, he'd run around trying to get you. Yeah. He also was not real great at... I mean, he was better at his job than Tao was. Yeah. He was like Tao's Mr. Hyde kind of <laughs> yeah. aspect. But also fairly ineffective because between the three of them they couldn't manage to control or subdue this one skinny pickpocket girl yeah but she's not a bad pickpocket they made sure at the beginning of the movie so she goes around stealing stuff and then she fences it and makes Mm -hmm. a little money she goes home puts it in her coffee can and we see that she's saving up for music school and so it's like well that makes it okay and that factored into the plot zero percent and was very unnecessary and was just very much like a hey let's have her be let's say she's good by doing that which it's not good okay so two things that i want to say because of that first of all is it better that she's pickpocketing so she can go to music school than pickpocketing like for food for food right <laughs> yeah. or or like insulin or like something yeah you know i mean not that save i want to save her dying mother right right <laughs> not that i want to suggest that music is not important because it is the arts are vital but also eh. I mean, it, it's in the it's, scheme of things. It's just like everything else. It's you want money for yourself to do whatever it is you want to do, and she wants to do music yeah. school, which is yeah. it's not bad. It's just completely morally neutral. I mean, the stealing is morally gray, but the yeah. wanting to go to music school is not a high moral stand. But it was clear that that's what they were trying to say. Yes, they wanted to give us empathy for her, right? And then the other thing I want to say is that. The whole music school thing was a connection that she had with Tao, the robot house. I know. And gave, it allowed this computer to have more empathy for her as well. Because Tao liked music. It didn't feel like that entered into it. Like she didn't know music stuff. She wasn't like, oh, this is Brahms Symphony, my friend. She had to grab a book and be like, okay, that came out in 1787. Yeah, I think that was a a flaw in the writing. Like, I think they could have made her, like, there was this whole thing about how she didn't, she kept saying, well, I don't know things. I'm not a scholar. Like, (laughs) she kept putting herself down as being like poor and uneducated and whatever, which I guess technically she was, but also... Maybe she wasn't in the area of music because it was something that was interesting sense, to her. Yeah. And she would have gone out of her way to pickpocket things that gave her <laughs> information about music. I don't know. It it would have been better if she had been able to inform Tao herself and have more of an emotional connection rather than Tao being emotional and her just being like, well, it says in this book <laughs> yeah. that this song is from this year. Like it, that, that part was... A missed opportunity, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, she liked teaching Tao things, and they became good friends. I really liked that, but there was a part of me that's like, 
What did Alex program into this house that made it so easy for her to just be like, no, I have a name and you have a name. So we're both people. And now we're (laughs) going to, you know, now we're going to create an alliance against the thing you think is the most important thing in the world and is supposed to be listened to at all costs. Yeah. It was pretty easy to turn that off. Yeah. But I think they kind of set that up with Tao is erratic when you give him wrong information or something to that effect. And it sort of worked like, you know, you you couldn't really tell how he was going to do things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he wanted him to be obedient, but instead he was eager to learn things and perfectly willing to make deals or whatever to learn things. And he liked making friends. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, like that to me was one of the most important aspects of the movie is that they did make this robot house so human in the sense that if given the opportunity between learning new things and following directions, (laughs) like it was a no brainer for Tao. Yeah. Every time it decided, I want to know the thing And, you know, here we have the authoritarian master in Alex, who's like, uses pain and fear and all of that to control the house. And then along comes this other person Mm -hmm. who even remotely and inauthentically treats Tao with some kind of respect. And immediately Tao is like, all of my loyalty goes to you to whatever extent I can control Because the other guy was such a beanbag he really was he was a total beanbag we're gonna we're, we're gonna make that a new thing make that a thing yeah okay yeah and so and then it carries on to like the interest in music and the arts and like the world and all of those things wanting to explore all of these different creative outlets and then later even the idea that tao was like i will sacrifice myself to protect this other person who i love and then vice versa. Like, I, I sort of thought that Julia was just going to be like, yep, thanks, bye. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm out. You're still a robot house. But, you know, no. in typical human form, she had totally anthropomorphized this robot. And yeah, now she he's her came best buddy. back to rescue her robot friend. Yeah. That was a touching moment. Yeah, it was. And that is why I say, I don't think this is a horror movie. Like, at the beginning, you've definitely got the, we're all trapped here by a crazy man who's experimenting on us and installing things in our heads, and, you know, it's scary. But it's really more of, like, a sci-fi story. Just, you know, like, hey, this is a robot, and we're, you know, this is what it's like when robots start to think something very relevant for us today. Yes. And, you know, how, how do we deal with that, and... I agree. It didn't feel very horror. It was very sci-fi. It was very like, I don't know, there are probably people out there who know more that are going to count who would argue with this, but it felt very Isaac Asimov to me. Like Mm -hmm. it, you know, in that delving into what if, what if AI sort of became more human and had emotions and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But everything about it, like this is the most hopeful movie I've seen in a very long time. Like, like I finished watching this movie and I was like, I feel better. Chat GPT isn't going to kill oh, us. This is lovely. I'm so like, yeah, I feel better about the world and humanity in general. <laughs> yeah, because she risked her life to 
save her robot friend. Yes. Who in turn tried to save her. Yeah. That's very nice. I mean, yeah, they like were both willing to sacrifice each other to save the other. And in the end, the bad guy got (laughs) totally pancaked. Yeah. And with a Wilhelm scream. Ah, yes, you like those. Mm -hmm. And and then they got to like waltz off into the sunset together literally yeah drone in hand drone in hand because tao wanted to know about the world outside the house and she took the one drone that had a bit of tao left in it and showed it the world Mm -hmm. speaking of drones there was a squadron of teeny tiny flying roombas that would go around and clean everything Wonderful. I liked that. I liked that. I I question some of the like efficiency of the patterns that they <laughs> sure. like. It sort of felt like when they were cleaning up that blood that they were doing it more to create fun patterns in the blood than to clean I mean, it up efficiently. That really fits Tao though. That uh-huh. like Tao would be like, "This is artistic, and I'm having fun. Yeah, it'll get done eventually." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tao actually had a lot of artistry, like. Tao was a cook, mm-hmm. was like way into music, clearly like understood some artistic elements. Yeah. Well, he said he wrote his own symphony that he wanted to hide away and he never really got to. Yeah. That was kind of sad. Like I was, I was feeling like that was going to be a sad moment for him when he tried to download his symphony into Julia the human <laughs> and like, here, keep this for me. And then later <laughs> she's, she's like, like trying to recreate it. And he's like, what? This is completely corrupted. <laughs> this file has been co- so corrupted. Like what happened? Human memory is not <laughs> very accurate. No. No. <laughs> but it was, it was sweet that mm-hmm. Tao didn't understand the differences between them. Yeah. Cause they're both persons. Yeah. So when I thought this was a horror movie, like when I was expecting it to become a horror movie, what I thought was going to happen, because Alex keeps talking to these like holograph outsiders, you know, having these meetings. The board. Yes. Having all these meetings. And he keeps mentioning, like, they're like, when when will it be done? When will it be ready, I assume, to put on the market and sell for the price of a Tesla? Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And when will it dance and kill someone with a paper cutter? (laughs) They kept asking him that. He kept saying, the final extraction is in process or something like that. And I'm like, oh, this is all... Like all of this, it's not that Tao is unpredictable and not following the rules. It's that mm. we don't know what the rules are that Tao is supposed to be following because mm. this is all a fake like setup and everything she's teaching Tao is helping Alex like develop this program more yeah, thoroughly. Every day he would leave in the morning and then Tao would try to get her to do tasks and instead she'd sort of interact. Right. And- and so easily. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. This feels That's like a, a good setup. Angle. This feels like a setup. And then yeah. at some point she was going to be like, okay, Tao's going to help me escape now. Uh-huh. And then he'd be like, the final extraction is complete. Yeah. And that would have been a horror movie ending. There was definitely a point. I don't remember what was happening, but kind of early on where I was like, oh, I don't think 
this is really happening. I think this is, you know, like the, the chip in her neck is, you know, making, Ooh, yeah. s- putting her in some virtual world. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. no, that didn't happen. And like, like that somehow he needed all of those like memories or whatever mm-hmm. from her to be into the computer and that the downloading part or the, you know, the chip part wasn't working the way he wanted it to. And he needed it to be more of a like human interface kind of yeah. upload. There's so much potential there. And then instead, she just cut off his hand and used it <laughs> to escape. Which led to a unique element I have never seen before right? in a movie. That was pretty cool, actually. So he had handprint sensors around. And so she was using his severed hand to open them. And it worked at first. But then it was like heat signature error yes. because it wasn't staying warm. And so here she is with this severed hand trying to escape. And she's having to like blow on it and like rub it against her clothes <laughs> and like try to heat it up. Yeah, that's kind of weird. It was it was like a, an intriguing touch of realism. Yeah. But absurd realism. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Although it did make me realize like every time someone has something that they're either really trying to protect, like something that everyone wants to steal from them, or they're trying to contain someone who's trying to escape, there's always a hand print lock. And really, that is just extra motivation for someone to cut your hand off. Yeah, don't give them a reason. Or, you know, when it's an eye print and you're like, oh, don't have any spoons around. Right? Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, it's upsetting. It's upsetting. Although maybe the lesson to take away is don't lock people up in your robot house. Yeah, or anywhere else. Just don't oh, lock anywhere? people up. Oh, that's that's a very restrictive rule. It's pretty restrictive, yeah. If it doesn't feel like you're kind of locked up in a <laughs> cage does. with that rule. <laughs> that's ironic. Yeah. We haven't talked yet about the fact that when Julia gets kidnapped and finds herself, wakes up, finds herself in a cage... She's not the only human in that cage. No, she got two little buddies. Subject one and subject two are there as well. She's subject three. Mm-hmm. Later we discover there have been 11 subjects. Was he getting more after her? No, clearly not. Because maybe, the thing didn't work anymore. Maybe they were actually subjects four and five and he was counting down from 11. <laughs> How did he know? <laughs> It feels like a, a like there's a little error there in the writing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because she should have been like subject 11. Or yeah. if there were 11 more, she should have been subject 12. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Seems like a problem. Anyway, there were two other humans there. And one has to presume, given how long she was kept alive and like all of the things that were done with and to her, one has to presume that they had been alive for a while. Yeah. In captivity. And then she shows up, and within 24 hours, they have both (laughs) died horrific deaths. Yeah. And they kept going, no, no, let's not try this. This is too risky. And she's like, no, we're going to break out of here, and gets them both killed. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the one lady was pretty, like, not there. Like, she had been tortured to the point of her brain wasn't really... Yeah. There anymore. Yeah, um, she was not great. No. So I don't think they were like having a happy life. No. But they were alive. <laughs> <laughs> she she put an end to that. I yeah. mean, it wasn't really her that did it. It was the robot. 
with the gotcha claws. But would the robot with the gotcha claws have gone after them if she hadn't right. been like causing trouble? No, I don't she know. definitely caused the trouble. But you know, that's that becomes a question. Like you shouldn't be put in a cage, right? We just said that. I, I mean, theoretically, that's what you're telling so me. So really, getting out of a cage isn't bad. It's the the person who who does the getcha claws at you that's bad. It just felt like she didn't have a lot of concern about how her plans were going to impact these other no, humans. No, and she didn't listen at all no. to any anything they were like. No. He was like, oh, there's sparks. Don't let that get near the gas line. And she's like, she's like what good a good idea. idea. Let's blow everything up. And he's like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of the flow of the movie is giving ideas into people. We'll, we'll say people. And those ideas... Making them do crazy things. Yeah. Ratings. My rating may be a little bit of a cheat because, as we said earlier, this isn't really a horror film. This no. is really just a sci-fi, a, a mildly futuristic sci-fi. Yeah, it's a sci-fi thriller. Yes. And that is right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like we've when we go into horror we're always just just adjacent to what I, my favorite movies are and and we've just stepped right into this is what I like to watch. So I feel like my my score is going to be inflated some because of that and possibly also inflated some because it left me feeling hopeful and like that's what refreshed this movie did. Yeah. And yeah, like like pleased. If that's the effect this movie had, then that's the rating this movie gets. Okay. Well, so because of that, and because I truly, like, we didn't talk a lot about, like, the artistry of the movie or the acting or any of those things, but it was captivating. Like, I enjoyed all of it. I was not pulled out by any weirdness or lack of quality in any particular area. Yeah, it was solidly done. It probably wasn't, like the best movie ever made (laughs) but it was very solid and it was very enjoyable the girl who plays julia was fantastic and actually the guy who played alex was pretty good too and there were some very artistic things like how in the beginning 10 in like the first 10 minutes of the movie there were maybe three lines of dialogue Like Mm. the point where she, you know, fences the stuff that she had stolen and they have a little back and forth about like, this is it. And if you want more money to steal better stuff and like, there's a little exchange. But aside from that, like she's out doing her pickpocketing in the nightlife without any dialogue. And then she's, she wakes up in the cage and they all have things on their mouths. Like, yeah, they're masked up for COVID. (laughs) It did look like that. But, you know, they're all like they, they're not supposed to be talking. So they're just like, mm, 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 you know. Yeah. And so I thought that was interesting that there was no dialogue for a very long time. You don't find that a lot in movies. So really, I am going to like very easily and happily give this movie four and a half finger smudges out of five. We'll clean those up fast. Or not. Be a rebel. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, too, found it solid and enjoyable and you know i think the only thing is anytime you're gonna tell a story about ai and have it you know talking to people and it's always like wrong there's this will never happen in real life this story because when you talk to it and you're like you're in this house and you draw a 
a traditional house shape and there's ground outside and trees grow from it. Like that's all so much too complicated Mm -hmm. to actually for it to understand. And it just doesn't make any sense. Like that could never work out. So those kind of things are tricky. That's clearly not connected to like, if your AI is connected to the internet and then can go and like, what does ground mean and go and like learn all the things. But this, this AI was not. Yeah. It was cut off from everything. You know, it's impossible, but that's whatever. It's, Mm -hmm. It's just Hollywood fun times. So, you know, I thought it was fun and it was, it was enjoyable for them to have this, you know, relationship where they got to like each other and be friends. And the turning point was indeed where she was about to legitimately escape. And then was she heard that Alex was torturing the Tau again. And so yep. she came running back. That was pretty cool. So I give this four smudged fingerprints out of five. I think it's pretty good and fun. And fun. And fun. Something about what you were saying reminded me of how the existential crisis that Tao experienced when he learned what killing was. Yes, he and freaked like, out. That, that he had been doing that and that she explained it to him by saying, you erased them because he understood yeah. how horrible he felt when Alex erased his memories as punishment. And she's like, you erased them. And he just, like, lost it. Yeah. That was kind of cool. I mean, not that I cool that he was suffering. Yeah, but, like, thanks. It was, it was a learning nice. moment that was interesting. Yeah. Fight the horror of a world gone mad. So, you know, when I watch these movies, I, I often, like, will pick out a line or two where I'm like, oh, that's the point of the movie is that one sentence that uh-huh. somebody said. And... Often, that's the thing that I try to tie to the political tip. And I'm not sure how to tie today's sentence to a political tip like succinctly, but there was an exchange that Tao and Julia had where Tao saying, you know, oh, but you listen to your creators because they created uh-huh. you. Like, you yeah. do what they told you to do because you they created you. And she says, they kept me alive. I created me. And I was like, ooh. Woo! Yes, girl. And then, you know, said things like, we became our own creators. I choose to be this. It was really a message about picking what you are going to believe and the what kind of person you are going to be. And maybe that goes back to the beginning where we learned about how she was pickpocketing, not so she could get money to buy yeah. drugs or, you know, do whatever vice-like things, you know, all the things that we consider judgmental, you know, negative things, but that she was going, she was doing it to try to better herself. I guess that's, that's the thing. It's not really a tip so much as like, watch this movie and then think about- feel hope. Yes, feel hope (laughs) and, and feel that sense of like, I created me. I am choosing who I am going to be, particularly in the face of like the onslaught of disrespect and aggression that seems to be coming from certain directions, Mm -hmm. you know, and just hold on to that thing of what it is you're trying to accomplish and who it is you want to be and not let those other things change that. And then Tao asks the question, which I think is always a good question for people to be considering and asking 
in that conversation, he asked, for what purpose do we create ourselves? So I guess I will leave our listeners with that question. For what purpose are you creating yourself? Hmm. So there we go. So while you ponder that, we will ponder what it means for a movie to be horror, and we will correctly watch one next week. Yes. I already have an idea of what we're watching next week, and it is... We've gone from this one, which I kind of felt was going to be like mainstream horror and didn't even turn out to be that. The next one I think is going to be like fringe horror, like the kind of horror that even horror fans might not want to watch. (laughs) Oh, good. Yay. It's going to blow our underwear. (laughs) We have to stop saying that. (laughs) I don't like it. I don't think we should say it anymore at all. So we'll see you all next week with our underwear still on. Bye, everybody. Don't forget to call your elected representatives. How? right to the title very first sound i I think you should do it again because i think i was talking when you started (laughs) i don't need to do it no do it again because i like that beginning (laughs) you did yes (laughs) you like that beginning i do like that beginning (laughs) okay so so (laughs) we're gonna talk about (laughs) tau from 2018. This is not a good intro. No. None of our intros are good intros. This is not a good intro.